0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Travel Podcast, where we interview leaders from throughout the sports event industry. This is Justin Shaw, Associate Editor of Sports Travel, and today our guest is Aizel Reese, CEO of RCX Sports and Executive Director of NFL Flag. But before we begin, first a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Sports Travel Podcast is being sponsored by the Teams Conference and Expo, the world's largest gathering of sports event organizers and the destinations and suppliers that serve the sports event industry. Teams 23 will be held in the Palm Beaches, Florida from October 2nd through 5th, 2023. The conference will once again feature the co-location of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Sports Link Program and NGB Best Practices Seminar, as well as the annual symposium of the National Congress of State Games. For more information on everything Planet Teams, please visit teamsconference.com. And now, on to the conversation. Izel Reese is the CEO of RCX Sports, a premier youth sports experiences business, running and operating leagues, camps, combines, tournaments, and events. RCX Sports works with professional leagues, national governing bodies, sports-centric businesses, and brands to reimagine the youth sports experience, and is committed to improving the accessibility and inclusivity of sports by creating opportunities for all athletes to play. Isel has been the Executive Director of NFL Flag since October 2019, working closely with the NFL to expand the sport of flag football around the world. RCX has also recently entered into partnerships with the National Hockey League and Major League Soccer for youth programs. Before entering the youth sports world, Aizel played safety in the NFL for seven years, including four seasons with the Dallas Cowboys, two with the Buffalo Bills, and one with the Denver Broncos. Aizel, thank you so much for joining us in the Sports Travel Podcast. I really appreciate you taking uh, time out of your day to, to talk with us today. I want to jump right in here. Uh, what from your experiences in youth sports and then later in the NFL motivate you to be a part of R C X Sports, and how do your experiences as an athlete in the past influence how you want this company to operate?
1: Looking at my, you know, experiences, if you will, of you know playing youth sports, playing in college, and playing professionally, and just thinking about that journey, I walked on in college. I was a kid from humble beginnings, and uh, just what sport has taught me and, and led me uh, to the position I'm in now as you know CEO and founder of R C X Sports. So. Leadership, character development, that whole journey uh, of sport uh, and and that role that it took me on, uh, allowing me to go to college, allowing me to live out a childhood dream, you know, through sport, playing multi-sports growing up and what that mean not specializing. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I think it led to the mission of RCX Sports, the organizations that we work with, including NFL, but, you know, the other pro sports as well and driving this core mission of, of, of kids participating in sport and not being priced out and, you know, coming up with something affordable and creating a great experience for all kids to be able to be able to play nationwide, regardless of, you know, economics, if you will, who want to call it that, or locations of where they're located and uh, trying to do something unique in this space. And uh, fortunately, I feel like that's what we've been able to do with RCX
0: Sports. You run several sports initiatives, uh, but let's start with flag football. That's the one that's kind of on the forefront right now with the Olympics coming up. You've been the executive director of NFL Flag since October t- 2019. How did you end up in that space, partnering with the NFL, and, and how did that come about?
1: Yeah, I, it was uh, it was an opportunity from the NFL that was presented about NFL Flag and wanting to evolve and reimagine what it could look like and not knowing the answer. So we were the group selected to, to do so. I mean, NFL flag has been around for a very long time. But if, if you take this, this recent window these last few years, we've, we've fortunately been able to accelerate that, evolve it, uh, and, and put flag football uh, at the forefront of all conversations and at all levels and continue to grow uh, NFL flag and fandom along the way, both in the U.S. as well as globally.
0: We've seen explosive growth uh, from flag football just these past few years. We have state high school um, athletics associations approving it as a sport. We have the Pro Bowl uh prominently featuring it. The World Games in 22 uh, hosted a very successful flag competition. So with all that happening, what do you attribute this quick, massive growth to?
1: Yeah, I, I'd equate it to, first and foremost, girls, women, adults, men, everybody just wanting to play and wanting to see this. It's, uh, I, you know, it doesn't happen if the demand isn't there. And I call it a team effort from, you know, the powers that be, if you will, just supporting it, starting with the NFL. I mean, they're they're supportive, wanting to see the game grow and reimagine it and, you know, giving us an opportunity to be a part of that uh, and aiding and guiding that, you know, through NFL flag and beyond. And then other groups involved from IFAF, USA Football, collegiate associations, high school associations, NFHS, phenomenal partnership with National Federation of High Schools. To your point, you mentioned that you know the number of states that are sanctioned. While well, it's eight sanctioned, there's 30 plus that are vying and have started pilot processes to get there. So uh, I think it's just a team effort, and then international federations around the country and and world games getting getting in into that space. So it's definitely been a a team effort, but it starts with the demand of you know young kids wanting to play the sport and adults wanting to continue to play. Young women get an opportunity to play for their high school the same way TAPL is played, and now you know we're in our third year now collegiate associations and young women signing on signing day to go play for any high school and now NJCA which launched this past year of junior college. So um, we're gonna keep pushing that envelope and hopefully NC2A will be another one that is added to that list. So, but again, it just it starts with a demand and the fandom and growth and excitement and quite frankly fun. Uh, of the game of flag football and 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 it being supported
0: the pro bowl uh obviously was a giant showcase for the sport what kind of boost did you see for flag football after the exposure you got from the pro bowl you know what was the week after like for you busy
1: uh to say the the least uh you know it spurred youth growth it spurred uh what we've since launched is adult flag nfl flag adults wanting to play It spurred a relationship with Nursa, which is intramural sports, which we now have a partnership with NERSA. Just when you see the greatest in the game play and not only play, have fun, it was very unique. And I think people got the chance to also see a different side of NFL players they haven't. I mean, they were all smiles. They also still competed at it and had a great time doing it. And I, I would like to think it's here to stay, you know, just based on the feedback and fandom. I mean, it was a packed stadium. Viewership was great. But, you know, as far as a flag football, I, I felt like that was that last, you know, domino, if you will, when the greatest that played a game was sitting here and you were watching them uh, at the height of their game play flag football and enjoy doing it and embrace it. And now you want to be even more of a part of what's happening with flag football. It, it piqued their interest. And so now I have this, this onslaught and wave of, uh, NFL players wanted to be more involved and even before that game I will say I know you're a Bronco fan. uh, Russell was always involved from day one. Uh, When when I first oversaw this in Pro Bowl a few years ago you know we had a Pro Bowl as they would come over to the other fields and just you know uh, get the kids excited and Russell was like what what is this like I want to be involved this is great who oversees this and then Russell and I hit it off since then and have cultivated and developed a very good relationship and since then it's been several other NFL players that get involved, Andre Hopkins, Donald Driver, Russell Wilson, Tyreek Hill, you know it goes on and on and on and it's I think we see it as it's youth football, it's kids playing, it's football and you know to have this variation now uh, that exists and, and now truly using all the assets of the NFL and them wanting to be a part of all 32 teams. You know, those teams with the girls' growth. The teams wanting to be involved within their respective communities and so forth but just continue to see this grow. It's, it's just been exciting. It's just been exciting to see. And to your point, the Pro Bowl, it, just, it showed that, that, you know, the Pro Bowl showed it at all levels. And that was great to see, not only just the game itself, but all all of that followed by also the Super Bowl. I mean, that commercial during the Super Bowl that was about flag football That was about the world games and so those those two aspects and them taking their biggest two events and the nfl using one of their super bowl commercials which we know has a big sticker price on it and said, you know what we need to make this about flag we support flag the same way we do tackle and I, I think that was i don't think you could have had a greater statement than that
0: you know after the pro bowl was over i talked to christian mccaffrey for a few minutes in the locker room and he Said that he loved it. And he also thought this could be an avenue for players when they get to the age where they're going to retire, a way to stay in the game. And he said he would absolutely play some kind of organized flag football when the, you know, down way down the line when the time comes. Do you see that as kind of a viable outlet for some of these guys who who are the ultimate competitors who want to continue to be competitive and play, but their bodies just won't let them play tackle anymore?
1: Yeah, I do. I, I do. And not just, not just NFL players, uh, college players, you know, you, you, you take college football players who still want to be, uh, involved. And honestly, it's happening now at this, this recent draft, you know, we went arrowhead and we just did everything flag. It was a youth regional, a college girls championship, a college girls showcase, as well as a celebrity with influencers and NFL players involved. And they were actively involved in the two quarterbacks were Michael Vick and RG3. And it was not only just entertaining to watch, but I know Michael Vick has done it in the past and, and been in, been involved. Danny Warfel, uh, you know, just some, some, some football greats. They still want to play the game. They still want to be involved in some, you know, be it recreational or something more that may be competitive. I think we're going to see that. And, you know, I think that's where also these Olympic aspirations come. So, I mean, you take you take NBA players you know, who doesn't want to do what Jordan and the dream team and everybody did in representing their country. Um, and and I, I would think what NFL player would want to add that, you know, to to uh, to their accolades or uh, areas of opportunity and representing Team USA or some players that are now international from other countries going back and playing with their respective country uh as well so i mean i I think you're going to continue to see that more and more and it's just the evolution of the game you know it's it's uh it's not behind but this door is now opening at every single level so i think it's going to warrant that is you know hopefully that and when we see it that that olympic door opens
0: You mentioned the uh, the Olympics, Uh, you know, that this has been a big, a big thing. We're all waiting to see what happens. Do you have any update for us as to when we will know flag football will be part of the 2028 um, L.A. Olympics? Have they given you any kind of update? And also, if if it does get in, what kind of exposure would that be for this sport?
1: Yeah, uh, no new updates other than I'm, I'm hearing the window is September, October, as far as LA is concerned. And of course, if LA doesn't happen, the, the push doesn't stop. You know, there's always the next Olympics, uh, as well, but LA would just be ideal. And to, to your point of what would it mean? I think that puts the final step on it. And I think what, what that means and signifies more so than anything that, uh, and some I know the NFL wants to see. I mean, they, they continue to make inroads and strides. Uh, when you think about tackle football, uh, from a global perspective, but if, if, if that, is in you know this is nfl now saying not nfl but football the sport of football the sport of football which is both now checking that olympic box and, and what that does for the game globally at all levels and so you know, i think getting into the olympics changes everything I uh, no different than when flag became a collegiate sport changed everything for girls and women you know they saw a path now and so now that path would just be extended for both men and women you know, all the way to representing your country. And that is, in my in my opinion, the end result. I mean, that is a professional athlete being able to do that um and represent your country. So I I think that's solidified. Then when when that happens, flag football is at every level.
0: Let's move over to the other sports that RCX is currently uh, running. So you have partnered with the NHL to launch NHL Street, which is a youth street hockey experience in North America for children 6 to 16. You know, how important is it for the growth of that sport, which, you know, until recently was kind of like the fourth sport, but it's seeing growth now. How, how important is it to have affordable options like this for kids who want to play hockey, but maybe can't afford all the ice hockey equipment?
1: Yeah, I mean you touched on it, just just the affordability of this. I mean, it's not a puck, it's a ball. You're on a hard surface. It literally gives you an opportunity to put it anywhere. And it's less the equipment of all the sports that we do along with NFL flag, NHL Street to me is the equivalent of tackle to flag and in this case, ice hockey to street hockey, a ball hockey. And so uh it gives it gives that opportunity to to be able to take it to to anywhere in different communities um nationwide in states. That, that have limited hockey. I I I keep saying this, but my my home state of Alabama is not a lot of hockey. But I've partnered with Alabama Parks and Recs so or ARPA, and now they're all excited, and uh, we're getting ready to do a, a training here soon in Alabama for all those parks and recs that are excited about bringing hockey to Alabama. You know, there's a little bit. I think UAH Huntsville has a has a ice hockey team. But just think about you know what that what that means when you know you put more balls and sticks in kids' hands and they see the different NHL teams that have never been able to do it before, never been introduced to the sport at all, or been priced out, or limited ice, not just the price. So it just, I mean, it's it's so many big opportunities here. Uh and I I on all of them I kind of call uh NHL the door course if you will, because I, I think it lends itself to a very, very unique opportunity for growth in North America. Obviously, we in the U.S. and Canada uh, with this and, uh, you know, giving more kids to be introduced to, an, to yet another sport, uh, which is vitally important. The more sports kids are introduced to at a young
0: age, the better. And we'll just move right on to another sport that you're introducing, which we just posted on our sports travel website this past week. The partnership with Major League Soccer to launch MLS Go!, which aims to uh, increase soccer participation in children ages 4 to 14. So tell us about MLS Go. Uh, what's the goal? And will it follow a similar blueprint of NFL flag and NHL Street?
1: So any any league that sits under RCX Sports, I mean, our blueprint doesn't change. I think that's important. And everybody that we partner and work with and kind of following suit of that model, obviously this now. Within that, you know, I call it now the big five, uh, that, that we've getting, been, been granted the opportunity to work with, which we're thrilled about adding MLS, uh, to that equation for, for several reasons. Uh, uh, similar to hockey. I mean, there's this thing within soccer where kids are, are getting priced out. And so that is not our, our model. That's not our core our mission. And, uh, that's not what MLS wants to see, you know, teaming up with them. We're really excited about. Uh, this, I mean, we're going across 18 cities. Uh, you know, a lot of them are MLS markets. Some of them are not. Uh, so we can, uh, you know, learn our way into this before kind of scaling nationwide. So 18 cities doesn't quite sound like a pilot because, you know, we're bullish on going, uh, you know, nationwide with it and learning as much as we can, uh, in year one to just kind of keep expanding and, and evolving this. And so, uh, going to be a great experience. And obviously, you know, it's going to, uh, give kids the opportunity to, to, to play and keep this kind of mission of RCA sports and that, that cool. When kids get to wear a Broncos jersey and flag or a Red Wings, uh, jersey, now, now we can add Atlanta United and various teams to that, to that model nationwide. And, uh, I, th- I think, I think it's going to do wonders for kids and communities. And I also think it's going to, uh, you know, be exciting and do wonderful things for, you know, for MLS. I mean, so for for kids around the country to be able to rattle off and continue to learn and know MLS teams and uh, get to know it and get to be a part of the MLS experience that, that that we now get to be a part of alongside MLS, we're thrilled about it. We're thrilled about it and, and offering yet another opportunity uh, for kids to have a great experience and, and and play yet another sport, in this case soccer, at an affordable rate.
0: Yeah, and with World Cup coming here in a couple of years, uh, you know, I've always wanted to see the the US win the World Cup and every year when they get eliminated I say why are we not better? Uh why do we not have better athletes? And I've always said we need to start with the kids. So I think what you're doing could you could end up being the man that that gets this ball rolling and we we could win the World Cup for the first time. What do you think about that?
1: Hey, hey, I'll I, I love to just be a cheerleader and be there, you know, and be a, be be a part of it. But to your point, it lends itself when kids are introduced to to different sports You never know where that path may lead to. But, you know, at the core of it, just get more kids playing Uh, is that and continue to play and being introduced to multi-sport from World Cup to, you know, more kids being pulled out of, you know, minority communities and playing NHL and going into the Hall of Fame. I mean, you could take all these different pathways, but it doesn't happen if a kid isn't introduced to it, exposed to it, and then starts to believe, you know, the sky's the limit for that path. Or starts to just say, you know what? I love sports. I love touching different sports. And just getting kids out playing. I mean, we 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 need more of that, especially coming out of COVID. I mean, where it not only saw a dip, but a psychological hit for kids. Kid every kid has a cell phone now and none against esports. Kids sit in front of a computer and we need to get them back active. And parents, I mean, that's the good thing about the level that we're at. A lot of times it ends up being a parent that's a coach or, or official or Working alongside a parking record, wide. And so we want to make sure it's a good experience for them as well. And you know, by and the, the best way you you do that is start young. And so very thrilled. And and every pro sport is mission aligned, believes in a core value of sport, and everything that comes with it, and want to see it happen in their sport and other sports. So I think that's the beauty of you know what we're kind of doing by teaming up with all these professional sports and locking arms and. You know, really driving that mission of sport between the teams and its players.
0: You know, we've touched on it several times here, but you know, the RCX sports initiatives uh, include spaces for boys and girls to play. Um, how important is it that we keep progressing the way that women, young women, and girls play sports, and to ensure they have a space to play, they have all the tools to be successful in whatever sport? I know you have daughters. Uh, you know, how important is this mission for RCX and for just everyone in the sports industry to? To get this done,
1: it's a it's a major major priority uh, to to get this done. I mean, we were talking about kids falling falling out uh, of play. Uh, girls are probably at the highest rate. You know, I know by age fourteen, it's just it's a massive drop. And then some girls not even entering sport. Period. Um, I, it's vitally important uh, for young women and young girls feeling uh, that they belong, and us listening to them. And catering to, you know, their needs, uh, to participate in sport and what it should look like in their eyes, uh, and how it should, should be viewed. And, um, you know, these, this, this, this mission and this push, uh, in flag football is definitely one where, Hey, I, I, I had that dream and vision and, you know, and wanting to play and got the opportunity to play at all levels. Washington young women had an opportunity in football as well. So I think that one speaks to it. But, you know, across all of those sports. You know, being, being sensitive, uh, and listening, you know, and I can't stress listening to young girls, young women, uh, and women leading, like women being officials in these sports, women overseeing these leagues. You know, young girls know what they see. And the fact that they now see young women playing in college when they saw that Super Bowl commercial, we got more calls from moms, dads of their young daughters seeing that and seeing it as a path globally you know, because, uh, you know, that was important. Uh, and so, I mean, I, I, I think that speaks to it. The fact that the NFL was willing to make their Super Bowl commercial, their spot and make that the highlight, you know, speaks volumes.
0: So let's touch on the um, convention and visitors bureaus. You know, when we talked in, in February, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but, you know, how important are the local CVBs to the success of what RCX is trying to accomplish in all these different cities and how much economic impact can an RCX uh, event create for a host city? Example would be the NFL Flag Championships. We're out here in Henderson, where I am. You know, two almost two hundred teams in attendance. I'm sure the local economy was booming with all of those families in town. So, well, how much do they help? And also, how much do you bring to the table for one of them to host one of your events?
1: Yeah, I think I think it works both ways, but they are vitally important. You know, we're we're at a point now where you know, things have to evolve, right? You know, RCX sports is 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 part of an evolution. And I've been pleasantly surprised how our relationships continue to to expand and evolve and the willingness of CVBs to think outside the box now. So to your point, that event in Henderson, yes, we have those and a lot of them. Uh and we'll continue to 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 do so. So they are vitally important um in us having this relationship them and them being willing to Support it, you know, put resources to it, knowing that it, of the economic impact. But what it's allowed us to do is events like that in, in Henderson, you know, where we stand, uh, and what we stand for in the pro sports that we represent is trying to get travel costs down for families. So CVBs have been very receptive to our model and willing to kind of support that. And it's, you know, we stand more in the offset costs and, and as opposed to say, Hey, how do we go to this city and monetize? What we're trying to do or add higher registration fees to, to come to Henderson and play this. We're the polar opposite and CVBs have been very, very receptive of working with that, uh, to ensure that that's happening. Those kids are, are getting the opportunity to play. Another, another example is, you know, uh, working with CVBs, you know, as they have these facilities that yes, they want to attract these big events, but also teaming up with CVBs. For the local community and so you know a lot of our leagues at the end of the day while we have events that are part of it, it is local league playing and, and having that opportunity to be everywhere and make sure it's a good experience for those kids that are there local too because they work hand in hand and so i think i i think that's where we've also seen some very unique um opportunities in working with cvbs in, in that manner too that i think will only evolve and scale because uh, those facilities if they are li- exist in the city you're seeing more and more of them uh, and, and taxpayer dollars going to it in CVBs, but it's, it should be used to serve both purposes.
0: And last thing I'm going to ask you about, definitely not least, um, something very uh, dear to your heart, I'm sure. You have a very special ribbon cutting coming up on June 15th in your hometown of Dothan, Alabama, and as well as an announcement, I think, that's coming up. So um, why don't you tell us a little about that? And, and then also tell us, how does it feel to be able to give back to your hometown and, and your home state that, that you grew up in?
1: Yeah, yes. Uh, so June 15th, thank you for, for bringing that up. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled. It's like I'm waiting on Christmas for that day to come for kids in, uh, in that community. But speaking of visitors bureaus, uh, visit Dothan. This is another, a, a great example of just really, really thinking outside the box and teaming up with the local community, city of Dothan, visitors bureau, uh, if you will, and visit Dothan. And so we we've, we've basically built the field. Uh, artificial turf field, and it is the first ever NFL flag branded field in the country. And there was a lot of people that were involved in it. You know, NFL Foundation, NHL Street, we're doing some things with them, too. Uh, and it's it's coming up, you know, it's uniquely coming up with a new model. But that ribbon cutting is going to be for that artificial turf field. that sits behind what was once a elementary school in that community that I now over, oversee and uh, just really excited about it it allowed me to bring events to that city uh as part but those local kids right where i grew up at who you know might not have got nhl street nfl flag and these unique opportunities so i'm very thrilled about the city support the resources they put to it and then all the pro sports that i work with and so here's yet possibly just another model that you know could potentially go to other cities and and, what, and, and then the thing, if I didn't touch on it, it's in an under-resourced community. So where this sits, and so for the city to support that and kind of see this happen and move forward, uh, I couldn't be more thrilled and honored by it and the ability to go full circle. You know, uh, working with kids was full circle, but this is true to it. I'm going back home, you know, and working alongside, you know, Leisure Services, which is a parking rec there. I grew up in parks and recs uh, in this city. And so now to be a part of that and do some back home and just kind of keep pushing this move, movement uh, forward this is something that's uh definitely near and dear to me but yet one more thing is we kind of continue to evolve with RCX Sports and work with cvbs and parks and Recs and you know city leadership around the country hopefully and keep keep this keep this momentum going
0: awesome the, the work that you and rcx is doing is is great and um you know i love reading all these things about the new initiatives for all these kids so uh, keep up the good work, guys. Um, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation and uh, we will definitely catch up with you down the road.
1: Well, I appreciate it. And I, I know, no go nuggets, uh, nothing like that in the call.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I try to keep I try to keep the personal things off here. But yes, uh, absolutely. Go nuggets. Uh, very excited about the uh, about the finals here. So hopefully by the time this podcast airs, they will have the trophy and I will be very happy. So we'll see what happens. Awesome. Justin. This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Past episodes are also available at SportsTravelMagazine.com, which features breaking news and in-depth features on stories related to the sports events industry. Be sure to visit us daily at SportsTravelMagazine.com, at Sports Travel on Twitter and Instagram, and at Sports Travel Magazine on Facebook and LinkedIn. Until then, this is Justin Shaw for Sports Travel. Thanks for listening.